You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 89 of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm Mary, and I'm here for another solo episode today. Today, I wanted to talk to you all about the How I Built This Summit that I went to a few weeks ago because, well, one, it was super fun and amazing, and two, I think you'll find it interesting. For those of you that don't know, How I Built This is a podcast by hosted by Guy Raz on NPR, and he interviews entrepreneurs and founders and builders and makers people that do all of those things. And he has pretty pretty big time people on his show. I won't say, well, maybe for the entrepreneur world, their celebrity status. He interviews, my, well, my favorite episode was with Sarah Blakely, founder of Spanx, but he's interviewed founders from Patagonia and JetBlue and Stacey's Pita Chips and all kinds of companies that are all amazing. So if you don't know that podcast already, you should check it out. And Last year, they started, in addition to the podcast, they started to host an in-person summit. This year was the second year that they're doing it, and they had a fellowship program. So they announced it last year. They announced it again this year. It's hosted in San Francisco, and you can anyone can apply for the fellowship. Um, you don't need to have a business already in place. You could have an idea that you want to get off the ground or anything in between. So the way the fellowship works is they said, okay, we want to bring all these people together and hear these speakers on stage, people that have been through all of the things that everyone else is going through. What's the best way we can do that? And the fellowship basically provides access for people that may not have gone to the summit otherwise or, you know, is also giving them exposure for their business so or their idea. What it is basically is anyone can apply. They had a call for applications earlier this past summer and which I immediately thought like, oh, no way am I going to get that. Oh, cool. But oh, no way am I going to get that. So I shouldn't apply. That was exactly what I thought in the beginning. I was like, oh, it would be amazing to see all those people on stage. And yeah, right. I kind of, I wanted to talk to you about what I did and how I got through that process um, and then what it was like also to go to the actual summit because I did go and it was amazing. For the actual application, they had a bunch of different kinds of questions. Since you didn't have to have a business, they had questions about explaining your business or your idea that you want to bring about. And it could be in the form of a traditional business model or a nonprofit or 
something else. Um, their theme was around social impact and people doing things to help communities or marginalized groups of people or the environment and all kinds of topics like that. So they asked questions about your business and your idea. They asked questions about which which podcast episode you like the best, which of course I said Sarah Blakely's episode. They asked some other questions about why do you think you're a fit for the summit? What do you want to learn? What do you want to learn from the other the other fellowship attendees too, not just the speakers, but from the other fellows and so on and so forth. And I really, I have to tell you guys, I waited until the last day to apply, which is completely, completely not like me. And if Jamie were here or when she listens, she will be nodding her head yes. It's not like me. I'm usually prepared a lot in advance. I had I had started the application. I copied all the questions over to a Google Doc. So if you don't do that, it's a good idea to do that too. Um, I copied the questions over to a Google Doc and was like working on it on the side. But I didn't, I just kind of left it. I answered like the few basic things of like, what's your name? What's your business name? And then stopped. And on the last day, we were actually on vacation in France with really very limited internet access because we were in the Alps. I told my husband, I was like, you know what? I I really have to apply to this. I had the benefit of a few extra hours, I guess, because of the time difference. And so like the last night I was like, the well, I guess it was the night before the deadline in the US. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and and work on this. I like hold myself up in the bedroom and just said, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do this and I'm going to go through this application. And I have to say like without having distractions of other things, namely the internet and apps on my phone and everything and without other people around because everyone else was upstairs, I just really sat and focused on these questions and what I felt was like my deepest, most real answers to them. So things about what my idea is, what what my next, in my case with brief transitions, I already have a product on the market, but what my idea is for my next product, why I'm doing what I'm doing, all of that kind of stuff. Like even what I wanted to get out of being with the other fellows, what I hope to learn there. I just sat with all of my thoughts, wrote it all down. And I actually used my husband's friend's hotspot like his wi-fi to actually go in at the end and submit all of my answers like that's how last minute and lack of internet I was I submitted I said and I I remember actually I texted Jamie too and I came back and I was like oh I ended up applying I'm not gonna get it but I did it anyway and she was like you're gonna get it I was like "Mm, I don't know about that but okay but I applied that was a big step for me I definitely wouldn't have gotten it if I didn't apply right so the whole more shots on goal and everything I'm going to, because it was such a pivotal moment for me. I mean, you guys, this, the summit is amazing. Like there were so many great speakers there, which I'm going to get into in a minute and what I learned from them. But the other part of it was just the excitement of being able to go and being surrounded by all these people. So I actually remember when I got the email saying I was accepted. We were just coming home from picking my daughter up from school. And the email popped up as we were walking in the door, like it flashed on my phone. And I had actually, I had my phone in my hand and I saw it pop up, congratulations and NPR. And I was like, oh my God. And I started freaking out and like literally probably, I'm sure I jumped up and down. I definitely was screaming and my daughter was like, what's going on? And I was just like almost hyperventilating like, oh my God, oh my God. And I was so excited and I opened it up and I couldn't believe it. And it said, congratulations, you've been selected for the fellowship. And there were, they said, out of a thousand applicants, you're one of 60 to get chosen for this opportunity. And I was just, I was just so excited and amazed. 
So I have to say from going from not even applying to then getting the acceptance was incredible. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm actually doing this. I'm actually going to California and seeing all these people and meeting all these people and hearing all these speakers. So that was my, that was overall like how it all happened. Um, And then a few, they said, you know, we couldn't share the news right away. But a few weeks later, they published a, a press release and put us on their website and everything. And then it was out in the open. And then a month later, I was going to San Francisco. So the moral of the story for, and I haven't even gotten to like all of the real lessons, but my own takeaway was even if you're doubting yourself, you still have to apply. You still have to do the thing because if you don't do the thing, you're not moving forward. So please do the thing. And as you keep doing those things, you know, it might not be the first time or the second time. There's plenty of things I've pitched that haven't worked out, but they will propel you forward and you will be rewarded for those. I I truly believe it. You just have to keep showing up day after day. Okay. So now the part that you guys probably want to hear more about, which is actually the speakers and what they what they talked about, what I learned from their takeaways. There were quite a few. I'm just going to touch on some of them. So the Oh, and I want to tell you, so the fellows, you might also be thinking, what what did the fellows get or what's different about the fellows? There were two days to the summit and the first morning was just for the fellows. And we had a workshop actually with with Eric Ryan, the founder of Method Home, the soaps, hand soaps. And he's he's founded a few other things since then, Ollie and Welly and some other businesses too. But he actually came to talk to us about how he pitches his new ideas and how he pitches products to target, um, which was really, really cool and incredible. Um, So he talked all about, you know, where he sees, what he sees in the market, where he tries to see where there could be a difference. So he looks down the aisles to what what's called the sea of sameness and everything looks the same and what can he do to disrupt, to disrupt that area. And he talked about how he how he pitches to them, what he says, like being clear and direct in your messaging and also excited about what you're talking about, but not not excited in a way that you're like desperate or something, you know, even though you might be really nervous because, for example, it's Target. Um, so that was really interesting. So we got some one-on-one time. I mean, the, the fellows did with him. Guy Raz was there, of course. So Guy Raz actually opened up to us. And if you if you listen to How I Built This or even Wow in the World or anything else that he's on, Guy Raz is even nicer in person than you could imagine. It's really incredible. So he, he introduced himself to the fellows and we were all sitting there and he's like, okay, how many of you think you shouldn't be here right now? And we basically all raised our hands. <laughs> and he was like, well, you know, I've I've been interviewing for over 20 years. I've interviewed leaders and business owners and all kinds of people in very established roles. And he said, I still think that every single day. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, in one way, it's good. He knows how we're feeling. In the other way, it's like, okay, well, that never goes away. That's a little disappointing. <laughs> So that was really, it was really great to hear that from him. He he explained, you were all, we got so many applications and you were all picked for a reason for the work that you're doing. You know, know that you should be here and that you are here and, you know, enjoy your time here and take advantage of it. So they actually had all of the speakers were, um, he, he asked them to join, but they all volunteered their time. They were not 
uh, paid to be speakers at the event. And a lot of them actually also stayed around and volunteered their time to talk during the breaks, during the lunch, during the evening receptions, and actually talk with us. So they were wearing different color badges. And you could just, he said, if you see anyone with a red badge, just go up and talk to them. Be mindful that other people are here too. Um, so we want everyone to have a turn, but really you can go up and, and talk with them and ask them your questions and tell them what you're working on. And he specifically also wanted to meet each of us. He took endless amounts of selfies, like anywhere you turn, someone wanted to take a picture with him. And he was just so gracious about the whole thing. The theme of the event actually was kindness and collaboration. I think the way he set it all up and the speakers being willing to talk to everyone also really helped like cement that into the event. And you could tell that everyone was there to like help each other. And it was just really wonderful. Okay, so for the for the speakers, the first speaker in the afternoon on the first day was Sarah Blakely. And I mean, she gave so many, so many great points and takeaways. But there were a couple of things that really stood out to me. One of them that she said was to hire for your weaknesses as soon as you can afford to. So I think this is a big one, especially with my leadership and team effectiveness background. People usually think when they hire someone, they want to hire someone that fits directly with them and that's comfortable for them. So it's usually someone that's very similar to them. And she flat out said, don't hire the person that's similar. Hire for something that you're weak in because you're going to need that person to balance what you're doing and to bring something different to the table. It can seem obvious, but I think a lot of people kind of forget about that at the same time when they're actually hiring. So that was a big a big one. And another one she said, which I found really interesting because I, f- I found it a common theme throughout a lot of the speakers was basically in entrepreneurship, you're putting one foot in front of the other all the time. Like each step, you don't know what you're doing and you're going to figure it out and then go to the next step. So she actually shared a story that she was in Office Depot. And she will, of course, explain this better than me because it's her story. Um, and they will make some of their interviews live on the podcast, but she said she was in op, uh, Office Depot. She had just gotten an agreement with for an order with Neiman Marcus, which was her first major store to sell into. And they had all these requirements, all these paperwork requirements, how things needed to be sent in, and she needed a bill of lading. And she sat on the floor in, in Office Depot and started to cry. And a guy came up to her and asked if she needed help. And she was like, I don't even know what a bill of lading is. Like she was just like crying and frustrated because she didn't know what she was doing. She she felt like she didn't know what she was doing. And here is Neiman Marcus putting in a huge order. And she's just trying to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. My takeaway from that was like, you know, this really happens to everybody. And it's normal, you know, and if she can get through that, we can get through our things too. So I was really happy that she shared that because it just made it so much more real. Another person that I that I thought was really amazing was Marcia Kilgore. She founded FitFlop, Beauty Pie, and a bunch of other companies as well. And she had a whole list. She gave 10, 10 pieces of advice and they were They were all spot on. But the one that stuck to me the most was the one that she said last, which was do not get up in the morning to be average. And I just love that because it's a great reminder to say we're here, we're in this life, we're doing hopefully what we want to be doing. And if we're not, you know, we should change that. But really, yeah, like don't don't get up in the morning to be average. I just thought it was amazing because we should we should want to be putting our best foot forward and doing our best. 
um, Jen Rubio, the founder of Away, co-founder of Away, the luggage, it's a luggage and really lifestyle, travel lifestyle brand. She talked about knowing your customer, not only when they use your product, but their entire lifestyle. So their their first product for Away is a, a suitcase, but they're going to expand into other areas. And she didn't want it to be just about the suitcase. She wanted it to be about the full travel experience. What does that mean to a person like from, you know, when they take the suitcase out to start packing it all the way to when they come home from their trip and unpack it and everything in between. But how do they live their life even outside of the travel and that it's really important to to know your customer in that way so that you can build products and services around them and what fits them. There was also a conversation with Ali Webb, the founder of Drybar, and someone we so some of the sessions were main stage sessions where Guy Raz interviewed people and then other sessions were kind of more like almost like a fireside chat without without the fire, um, where some of the founders were, you know, interviewed by other people and we could also ask them questions. Someone asked them a question about copycats and what it's like, you know, dry bar was the first blow dry bar around that was really you go in, no cuts, no color, just blowouts. And a bunch of other places started popping up after that and and someone asked, like, how do you how do you deal with that when there's other people, you know, coming into your space or copying what you're doing? She said there will be people doing that for sure. Drybar has been copied a lot and they'll copy you, but they aren't you. So you have to know what makes you different. And what makes you different is usually you and your style. She's had people come up to her and say, oh, you know, I went to a blow dry par, you know, bar up the up the street and I didn't like it as much as when I went to dry bar and and Allie was like well you know thinking to herself I know why you didn't like it as much because you know the the lighting was off or the mood was off or the the way the stations were set up you know all of these different things that she's taken a lot of time to think about in terms of a full experience um, that even if a customer can't put their finger on it um, she knows that that's part of what sets her apart too so I thought that was really interesting and a helpful perspective because, well, and you guys know, we had a a previous episode about So You Have a Copycat and what you do in those situations. So it was really nice to hear the perspective of someone that's, you know, farther along and has had more of that type of thing happen to them. Another great one was from Stacey Madison, the founder of Stacey's Pita Chips. And she talked about things can become more of a passion when other people start to believe in you. It doesn't have to be a flashy business right from the start. So part of Stacey's story is she started her and her, well, her now ex-husband, they started with a, a food truck in Boston selling pita sandwiches. And the way they actually came up with the, the pita chips was because they had leftover pita bread from the day before. They would always overorder because if they didn't have enough, then they had no pita sandwiches and they had no business. So they started making chips and giving them to people in line while they were waiting for their pita sandwich. And, you know, she was talking about the fact that she didn't know right away that that's what it would evolve to. She didn't know that she would be making chips, you know. Later, she sold it to Pepsi, I think, for, you know, millions. But anyway, she didn't know that right from the beginning to say like, oh, this is my flashy big idea and I'm going to make millions from it. No, she said, you know, they just kind of 
followed their path, again, one foot in front of the other, and it became more of a passion when other people were seeing and and feeling, you know, what she was experiencing and that they were believing in her and what she was doing. I'll leave you with with one more one more speaker and then I have just a couple takeaways, but one more speaker was Tim Brown, who's a co-founder of Allbirds, the shoe company. And he said, with growth comes different struggles. Once you've accomplished something, the reward is that it gets harder. (laughs) And I thought this was a great reminder too, because, you know, we always think that we're you know, we're, we're looking for that next thing. Like, okay, I need to get to this next level. I need to do this thing. It's going to get me to the next spot, the next spot. And we're always looking ahead. It's not that it's all, you know, rainbows when we get to that next level. Sure. There are things that are, that are better or easier, maybe easier. I don't even know. Maybe it's just that you're more used to it, but there are also things that get harder. And actually that came up a few times too. The founders of Instagram also talked about this because when they first made the app and launched it, they could code very easily. When they first made the app, they could code in changes very easily, but as it grew, it became a lot more complicated. So the idea there is that, you know, don't just, it's great to look forward and plan and all of those things, but don't only look at that because each stage has its own pluses and minuses. One of my one of my mentors back when I was in corporate actually told me when I was having my first daughter, he said, small kids have small problems <laughs> like babies, you know, it's that they want to eat or you have to change your diaper or whatever. And he said, big kids have big problems. And then you get into, you know, friends and school and who knows, like bullying or anything, like all of those kinds of things, like or driving a car, you know, like all of those things. And really, it's when you're starting out in something you have problems that are related to that stage that you're in. And as you grow, you get other problems related to the stage that you're that you're in. So I think it that one for me resonated for a few reasons. So I really liked that. I just want to wrap up with a few takeaways. My general takeaways that I that I saw in terms of the themes and what everyone was saying. Really, the the first one for me that really sticks out is that the speakers are like all of us. They've just gone through, they've broken through to the other side of what we look at as success. So the speakers, all of the speakers there were just like the rest of us. They've they've been in our shoes and they've just broken through that and they've gotten to their next level, whatever their next level, you know, looks like for them. And I think they've just stayed at it long enough that they've seen the reward, you know, whether it's in terms of finances or visibility or whatever it might be. But they have the same kinds of struggles. They deal with the same kinds of things. Um, and they just kept at it. So my first takeaway is keep at it because that's what all of them did. <laughs> and the the other thing is, the second thing for me was be happy at every stage. Really love what you're doing, have a passion for it, and just keep moving forward because if you don't if you don't enjoy it now, you're not going to enjoy it later. The joy comes from you. It doesn't come from the stage, from the phase that you're in. So be happy where you are and also, of course, be happy when you grow. And the third thing, another really big point for me is to be yourself. So in my case, I wouldn't have had this opportunity if I wasn't myself in my application. Like I sat down with my thoughts and really what did I want to say and and put it out there. And same thing when I showed up at the conference, like, okay, I'm going to be myself. Like, I love connecting with new people. I'm going to go talk to new people, find new friends, like learn about what they're doing, because I think it's amazing. There were so many incredible founders there and other fellows doing such amazing, amazing work. 
And, you know, I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I wasn't myself. If I wasn't myself in my application, I couldn't have made the most of the event if I wasn't myself when I showed up to the event. And really being myself is what made me make the new friends and have the new connections because, yeah, (laughs) I can't really say it another way, because I brought myself to the table, which I think, you know, for me is something that's been challenging for me in the past. I've, I think I've talked about it on the show before, but just kind of gaining my own confidence in what I'm doing and, you know, dealing with imposter syndrome and all those things. Like, but to really just show up as myself and be me. And it was just an incredible experience. Another part of the morning session with the fellows was us practicing our own pitching. So we got to pitch with each other in small groups and give feedback on our stories, how we presented, the whole thing. Then after that, one of the the producers got on stage and told us, okay, now you've practiced your pitch with each other. It's time for you to go on stage and share your pitch with the rest of us. And I think we were basically all like, what is going on? <laughs> so after we got over the shock, <laughs> then um, we each took turns and got to go up on stage. They put the How You Built That banner in the background, um, which if you're familiar with the How I Built This podcast, they always finish the show with some real life stories from other, you know, up and coming entrepreneurs. Yeah, we got to go up there and give our pitch. So in front of the rest of the fellows, in front of Guy Raz and the NPR team, Eric and a few others were still there. I was really, of course, nervous about the whole thing and taken by surprise, but I was really happy to have the opportunity and be able to practice in a setting like that, but still be practicing on stage in a in a big way. So it was really great. I did my pitch. And then after that session, one of the producers, her name is Jessica, and she's wonderful. Um, she came up to me and said how much she loved my pitch and that she had kids and she remembers those underwear and she would have loved having brief transitions. And the whole thing was just amazing. I just felt it felt great to to try something new and then to also get feedback from it. It was another amazing part of the whole summit. I hope you found this episode interesting and inspiring. Hopefully you have some new takeaways and information to apply in your own life and with your business. I'd love to hear from you in the HQ. What resonated with you? What did you find helpful? If you're not in the HQ, join us. What are you waiting for? And as always, we'd love it if you'd review and subscribe to the podcast. It helps us spread the word and get our message out to a larger audience. Until next week, have a great one. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit thetransitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.